Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules. With clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value, Movement became the fastest-growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters. And now, everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue-light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best-selling, innovatively-made ceramic watches are on sale, too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank, but looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the Movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site-wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two-year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. It's the bluest room in town. Yeah, they're actually funny. And we guess the sound through the ups and the downs. Yeah, they'll be there waiting for the next time round. Find out what it means. Everton will break your heart, but they're still your team. It is the weekly here on the Blue Room. A big week for Everton. Uh, not been a good week so far, but I am delighted to say, I'm delighted to see three smiling faces in front of me here to have a chat about the toffees, to get through this week together, to get to the Merseyside derby together. Uh, joining me are Rob Vera. Rob, you just saying there it's been minus 25 this week, hasn't it, in, you know, Oklahoma City. Minus, minus 29 Celsius at one point was the was the lowest. I, I want to say that's the lowest it got. But yeah, it's uh, you've probably been hearing about the uh, crazy polar vortex, whatever it's called, uh, that's been happening in this part of the world. And uh, luckily, we kept power. But I've got a lot of friends and I know that there are Blue Room subscribers in Texas who are probably without power as well. 
Um, you guys hang in there. Uh, I know it's, I know it's rough right now, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a trying week and, uh, the football team certainly hasn't helped, uh, <laughs> helped yeah. improve the mood at all, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're doing okay. All things considered. Uh, Sarah Halpin also joined us, Sarah. I, I don't know about you, but it makes me feel really guilty that about sitting there with me blanket on last weekend when it was minus two over here, I think. And I was saying, this is unbearable. I can't, I can't cope with this. It's, it's, it's horrendous. Honestly, Matt, I felt a tear freeze on my cheek. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> Rob's well and truly uh, put us to shame, as you rightly say there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be grateful that we're not in those absolutely insane temperatures. Um, but yeah, let's hope a, a nice Merseyside derby win will warm our hearts and our souls this weekend. Yeah, and Les Roberts joins me as well. And those of you who watch us regularly on YouTube, they're probably going to be wondering what we can get wrong tonight, Les. Um, yeah, I reckon Derby prediction. We'll get that hopelessly wrong. <laughs> I think last night we were, we were sort of expected expected it to be fair. Yeah, I think we were kind of spot on last night. It was it was very predictable, wasn't it? It was it was classic um, classic Everton after a bad performance. Really, yeah. it did all right, but ultimately not really enough. Yeah, I think it was Jack Carlisle who said in one of our WhatsApp groups that. Um, we haven't had a, a valiant defeat for a while, so it's probably long overdue in that sense. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that game a little bit later, as well as the Merseyside derby. But, but a couple of other things I wanted to to uh, get through first and foremost. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, feel free to leave your comments on this, your questions, and, and we'll get into them as well. But the first one, which is probably quite important to so maybe get under the radar a little bit this week um, because of the games we've got and the results we've had. But um Marcel Brands pretty much been confirmed by everyone except the club that we're going to be. He's going to be here for another three years. Um, Farah Mashiri today going on Talksport and talking up his influence and how important it is to have him around. Carlo Angelotti also saying how important he is. Um, Sarah, I'll come to you first on this one before the lads. Um, I know people have got different views on Brands and what he's done for the club in terms of recruitment and a few other different things, but. I feel like this has got to be considered a good move, hasn't it? It's, um, I think it's vital we get some stability at that level of the club. Yeah, it is. And as you say, Brands is somebody who, you know, when he first came in, I think everyone was so, so excited. And, you know, he, he got a lot of praise. But over recent years, there have been a few people questioning, as you say, the recruitment and stuff. But I think it's definitely a good move for the club. You know, if Ancelotti's saying that it's great having him around, then that's enough for me. And I think... The, the task that Brands has had of getting rid of these insane wages and just the sheer number of players that we've had, like, let's not, you know, beat around the bush. It's Everton's been a mess in terms of the squad size and in terms of the wages, in terms of the contracts. Um, and I think Brands has really come in and, and tried to make sure that, you know, we're, we're getting rid of a lot of the squad size. We're getting rid of those excessive wages for players that aren't playing. We've, you know, we've seen a lot of players go out on loan. Hopefully we'll be able to sell them, you know, sell them onto other clubs and stuff as well when, when we get the chance. Um, and, you know, we've also seen this season, I think some of the best recruitment in, in bringing in Alan, Hammers, Rodriguez, DeCorey, uh, Ben Godfrey, um, you know, and I know he's key in, in bringing in the, the players like the likes of, you know, Branthwaite, who's sort of, you know, he obviously he's not with us at the moment. But I, I think it's a good move for the club. And I know there's been a lot of talk about him going to Manchester United. That seemed to be something for a while that was that was doing the rounds in the media. But no, if Mashiri, Ancelotti, etc., delighted to have him here. 
you know, I know we've had a couple of frustrating results, um, particularly the Fulham one um, recently and other home games. But when you look at the general direction the club's going in and, and how far we've come, uh, even from from sort of last season, I think yeah, it, it, it's a it's a good it's a good move for the for the club. This whole thing's going to take time, but I think Brands is is doing all the right things right now. Uh, lads, share Sarah's thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I think it can easily be underestimated the job he had on his hands because he wasn't just like clearing up Cooman uh, and Walsh's mess. He was clearing up a lot of Martinez's mess as well. So I think, as you said, a lot of times, uh, Matt, it's, it's a Frankenstein team and we're gradually getting away from that now. And he is clearing up, you know, he's, he's cleared out a lot of unwanted players. Um, I know there was a lot of talk of him leaving and he, he does get quite a bit of stick off people because, you know, he's not done it overnight, but, you know, he's got a big reputation on the continent. Um, I think the disappointing thing for me is we've not had those those little gems from South America. I mean, obviously we've got one now, but he's, he's very well known and he's, you know, he's famous before we signed him. I was hoping for the sort of players you would get at PSV for those South Americans you've not heard of and then suddenly you become superstars. That's that, that's the only, only real blip I can see because, you know, every recruitment policy, it has its flaws. It has its hits and misses. I think his hits have been, you know, better than his misses. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad that it, it adds that it adds that stability that the club needs because that's although we've got Ancelotti in place as the manager, if we don't get a new director of football or completely go away from that model, it, it kind of renders the last few years a little bit redundant, and it's like we're chopping and changing models again. So yeah, I think it's good news, and I like the way they still not announced it, which is very much like a proper Everton transfer. Everyone knows they're not saying anything just. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if they'll go full Adrissa Garner gay contract and just not announce it until, was it 18 months after he signed it? <laughs> Further down the line. It was like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Rob, Rob, what about you, mate? Are you happy with this? I am. I am. Um, I, I, I always tried I always tried to view the, the hiring of Marcel Brands initially for what it was kind of intended to be, which was having a long-term steward of the overall playing environment and culture uh, and, and obviously the, the kind of higher level uh, decision-making uh, over, over players, at the club, I, I think that you've, I think you've got to have that. And I think that when you operate in the premier league, you're never going to get everything hundred percent. Right. Uh, I think that you, you just have to try to get most of it. Right. And you also have to do a lot of the sort of unsexy things that a lot of us don't really focus on in terms of, of trying to kind of build uh, the, the talent at the club from the youth ranks up, as well as combining that with what Sarah alluded to, which was all of the, the, the work that is not nearly as fun of trying to get rid of, of bad contracts over time and, and begin to, uh, you know, but also even the, the work done to sign uh, improved deals with uh, stars that you want to build as foundational pieces, or at the very least uh, protect, your investment in terms of what you could get from a transfer later. I think that you've got on the one hand, Carlo Ancelotti, who I trust implicitly uh, as a manager, but I do, I do think it's dangerous to just put all of the power in one person's hands to make every decision about both the recruitment uh, as well as the, who plays on, on a given, on a given weekend. Right. And, and I think that, 
Now, granted, I know that that model has this is this director of football model is still a relatively new thing. And Matt, you and I talk about our sometimes those comparisons to other sports. And you know, I grew up in America where uh, you you had this very strict delineation in most cases for in in our major sports of a coach and the the quote general manager who are sort of like the director of football whose idea you know his job is to build build the 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 team on a long term plan. So from that standpoint, I'm glad Brands is here. I've said this before as well, that I think it's never a bad thing, especially at Everton, given what we've been through over the last decade, to have more smart people in the room making decisions for Everton. And I think Marcel Brands is smart. I think that Carlo Ancelotti has a lot of respect for him. And I think that just from, from that standpoint alone, I, I'm happy uh, about the way that this has, has, has come to an agreement, especially with everything happening with the stadium and all these other projects that are going to be so big. We don't need another hole, you know, kind of like we talked about the playing squad. We don't need another hole to fill before we fill these other things. I, I wouldn't want to lose Marcel Brands and then try to figure out exactly how we're going to go about managing yeah. all this stuff day to day. And, 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 you know, when we've got all these other projects and all these other balls in the air. So I, I'm happy about it. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely fair enough. And I suppose that's the, the point of the director of football, isn't it? You know, you can have coaches and managers that come in, but the identity of the football club is, is sort of set by that person. And, you know, it's good that he's, he's, he's going to stick around in that regard. And, of course, he's on the board as well. So, obviously, he was going to give himself a new contract. So, yeah. I think for me, another thing as well, it's hard to hear Carlo Ancelotti talk about him. Yeah. To say that he likes working with him because that, I think, that was one of the things that we were, well, I was a little bit worried about when Ancelotti came in, that he might not like this model. He might like to be hands-on, you know, sign all the players, coach all the players, manage the team. But the two of them seem to be working fine together, which is great. And as Sarah said on Ben Godfrey, I think that's clearly a brand signing because Ancelotti's admitted he didn't really know much about him until he saw him play. So, you know, you've got to give him that as well. Yeah, and I think that it's good that they've been able to, you know, obviously they've only worked together one summer, but they were able to get that balance right. Because I think when it was, you know, Coombe and Walsh, you felt like there were Coombe and signings and Walsh signings. And they were just like yeah. completely rutted together, didn't they? And didn't really gel at all. Whereas it feels like there's a bit more, you know, there's obviously players that each each person wants to bring in, but they've maybe had a bit more conversation about it, open dialogue about it, and they've all fit together a little bit better. So, yeah, positive on that front. Uh, one of the players that the brands did bring in, Sarah is uh, Moisey Keane, who um, made Ronald Koeman very unhappy. Yeah. On a, she, I mean, that, that's still of Koeman. I'm going to get so much mileage out of that on Twitter. Just <laughs> I saw look, one before and I was laughing. Just looking like he's, looking like he's chewing a wasp. Um, he's absolutely fuming, <laughs> isn't he? But uh, obviously Keane scoring that goal um, triggered a lot, a lot of debate uh, amongst Everton circles. While, while the rest of the world was talking about this, Stellar, iconic performance for Kylian Mbappe, you know, in Everton Twitter circles. Should we sell Keane? How much should we sell him for? All that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I suppose it brings up an interesting discussion, really. And it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on it. Do you see a future for him? And if not, what should Everton be looking for in terms of a transfer fee this summer? And that's on the basis that I think we paid around £28 million for him. Mm. Um, what, what do you think the future has in store for Moise Keane? See, I've got conflicting feelings over this one. Um, obviously, he scored a couple of goals for Everton, not too many. But when we look at it, did he really ever get a fair crack of the whip? I don't think he did. Um, he did some things very well, but he never really 
hit the ground running. But then, you know, we were all so excited when we signed him from Juventus. And now we see him at PSG. He scored, what, 14 goals in 20 summit appearances. Mm. He's playing, he can play up front. He's playing in from the right, like he did against Barca, he's scoring goals in the league, he's scoring goals in the Champions League, which, so you can sort of say what you want about League One or whatever, but Champions League, you know, and he, albeit it's Ronald Koeman's Barcelona, <laughs> but it's still Barcelona at the new Camp. And to go yeah. there and score a goal in the Champions League, this kid, because he's still a kid as well, he's so young, he's obviously got a lot about him. Now, do we bring him back into Everton and see what he can do given an actual chance and see if he does find a way to fit into this Everton team and, and, and find his feet in the Premier League? And we could have a really, really you know, one of the most exciting young talents in European football at the moment? Or do we think, well, we had him for a season and a bit, whatever it was, didn't seem to work out. Now he's he is scoring those goals in the Champions League. He is scoring all those goals in France for PSG. He's he's in the media spotlight. Do we cash in on that and, and take a, a fee? As you said, what, we paid like less than 30 mil for him. Do we get a big fee and then go out and, and spend it on people that we know are going to fit the system? We know maybe, you know, like Ancelotti signings that are a little bit older, more proven, can come in and, you know, they're going to get you 20 goals a season. I, I don't know. I, I'm really conflicted with this one because you hate seeing someone that you had go on and smash it somewhere else. How many times have we seen that with Everton players so often? There's like people that people are like, oh, my God, I didn't even know they played for Everton and then, you know, at Bayern <laughs> Munich and, you know, winning yeah. Champions Leagues and you don't want that to, you don't want Moise Keane to be another one of them. So I'd, I'll be interested to see see how he does for the rest of the season. And um, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't call what's going to happen there either. Yeah, I'm just going to hand over now to the, the president of the Moise Keane fan club, fan club Rob Vera. Um, <laughs> how, how, how do you manage? No, how, how do you manage? I was going to say, how do you manage both roles? roles? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'll, I'll just, I'll just straddle both responsibilities at the time. But I, I know, I know, you've got a, a lot of thoughts on on this one, Rob. Ultimately, for me, this this depends on the player. Yeah, and it it's you know, I, I think we can look at this as, as him as a footballer and what he can offer and then potentially coming back. And we've got Angelotti, we've got a team that seems to be getting better and we've got all these things which you could you could look at him and say, look, come into this set setup, you could still be really good for us in the future. But if he doesn't want to be here and he wants to be in Paris and Everton can make money on him, sure, I think it's, it's, it's difficult and probably a bit of a gamble to not sell in my book. Yeah. Ooh. Um... I'm like Sarah, I think, in that I have a lot of conflicting feelings because I've lived for a long time in the post-Lukaku desert of not having, you know, a goal-scoring center forward. Now, the timing of all of this, like, I think that's probably my biggest beef is that I I think it provokes an emotional reaction when the reality of this situation is that if Moise King gets sold, it's probably down, frankly, to a a set of circumstances and timing that just didn't work out, right? The emergence of Calvert-Lewin taking up the playing time, you know, where Charleston and him being paired together in a 4-4-2, uh, you know, when, when Ancelotti first came in, like there were all these factors combining that with his relative youth and, and, you know, still emerging maturity and all those things that a 19 or a 20, 20 year old probably goes through. Right. 
Um, what I don't like is when people justify, like, and there's, there's a large segment of Everton Twitter who they've decided that instead of just, you know, accepting that there are a lot of nuanced factors as to why this has happened the way it has, they just look at it and say, oh, well, he's crap. And there's, you know, it's a farmer's league in Paris, you know, in, <laughs> in France. And, you know, like, why do we have to do that? Um, I, I think that where I get kind of uh, stuck into this is that we, if, if, if Moise Keane had never played the, what, one season's worth of games for us, I mean, he hadn't, he didn't even play in all those games, obviously, to Sarah's point. I mean, he, he was here for the duration of what amounts to about a season. If he hadn't played for us and we were linked right now with Moise Keane <laughs> and, yeah. and seeing how he's playing right now, we would all be saying, A, we can never get him, and B, we'd be saying how exciting it would be if we could get him. And and so I think that I fundamentally, and this is where I probably, there's just some things about the game and following this sport in, in England that are still tough for me, but I don't think I'm ever going to get to a point where I believe that a one-year audition for a 20-year-old talented player is enough time to make a meaningful evaluation. I just, I just don't. And Matt's absolutely right. It does, to a degree, come down to what the player wants. But I, I think sometimes we use that as almost a bit of a... Um, I feel like that's a bit of a cop out just because not, not because you're not right, Matt, but because we, we say that as if it's just black and white of wealth player didn't want to be here. There's, you know, there's just nothing that can be done. I, I mean, I, I, I would like to think that Carlo Ancelotti, our legendary Italian manager, uh, you know, ha will ha will have a, a sit down discussion with Moise Keane at the end of the season and say, you know, say one of two things. One, what do you want to do? And, and um, you know, what are your thoughts? But also, I, I'd like Carlo to articulate Everton's position in this and say, look, um, I think you're really talented. You went out on loan and did everything we asked you to do. I want you to come back and I've got a defined role for what I think you can be in this side moving forward. This notion that you can only have one really great striker to me is mystifying. I, I don't know why everyone's like, well, Calvert-Lewin's here, so there's no point in having a <laughs> yeah, voice. Yeah. Well, then, then, then why go out and sign any other strikers then? You know, I, I, I don't understand that mentality. So... I guess my, my point is, is that I've accepted that Moise King will probably be moved on. I accept Matt, your point that you, you take a financial risk if you don't sell while the, you know, the iron's hot here, if he, you know, tanks it and has a Sandro like, you know, crash to the, <laughs> to, to, to the, to the, to the, to the, uh, to planet earth, I suppose. But I also just think that, um, you know, this idea that, that you as the fan, really win when we sell for a profit is is, is yeah, really enough, yeah. i think it's it's very much like we we like playing we like thinking this money is somehow a victory for us and whereas for me and to sarah's point you know sarah we could go out and sign other players with that money but this idea that 20 goal a season goal scorers grow on trees it, we've seen how difficult it is even calvert lewin had to just basically bang his head against the wall for how many seasons not scoring goals mm. before it finally kicked in we had the patience with someone like 
like Calvert-Lewin, who we invested very little money in. But it seems like Keane is almost being blamed for the money that was spent on him and saying, well, we have to give up on him now. And I, I just... I find that logic to be yeah. a little inconsistent. And so I, I know it's tough, but I'd really like to find a way for Moise Keane to be back, but I accept that he may not be. And so if that's the case, I want great money, not making your money back money. I want great money for an in-demand, young, talented striker. What would you say is, is great money for him at this point, Les? Um, double. <laughs> so six, about 60. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules with clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value. Movement became the fastest growing watch brand in the world. Every bold modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters. And now everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best-selling, innovatively-made ceramic watches are on sale, too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank. But looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site-wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two-year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Million? More or less. 50 to 60 million, I think, if we pay, if we pay 27 million for him, um, double your money with what he's doing in France. I just want to flip on its head a little bit what Rob said. So if we're looking at it like him in France now thinking, God, I'd love to sign him. How would we feel if we hadn't bought him from Juventus? If he'd come from our youth team at what was basically a shocker of a season? I know he didn't get much chance, but there are games, there's two that stand out for me. Salford, he was awful against Salford. And um, uh, you got 20 minutes against Norwich, I think. Yeah, after the lockdown, we came back. He didn't look interested. And there's only, you know, there's only so far you can go being like that. And, you know, know, rightly or wrongly, fans won't take it. If they see a player coming on the pitch and he looks disinterested or not up for it and he's getting limited time, he's got to make that count. He didn't. So if he either comes through our reserve team, say, come through our under-23s, was putting in performances like that for a season. Then we he somehow got a loan to PSG and he does this. I don't think we'd be looking at him thinking, well, we definitely want him back. We'd be thinking, well, how the hell did he manage that? Because he couldn't do that for us. And we probably would want the money for him. I, I don't know. I just I just didn't like what I saw of him last season. I just didn't think he was good enough. Obviously, he is a good player because you don't play for Juventus and PSG and smash it if you're not. Um, but the important thing is that he does the same for Everton. And I saw nothing in any performances last season that suggested that he would. So, you know, a lot of that could be down to playing time because players do need to get into a bit of rhythm with the playing time. A lot of it could be down to the system we played because we, we're still doing it now where our strikers are so isolated and he doesn't look like the striker who can play that role. There's not many that can. Calvert-Lewin plays it brilliantly, but it's a fabulous task. So, you know, if he's going to come in and be asked to play that role, it's never going to work for him. So I think it needs, it needs consideration on both sides. It does need him to want to come back, which he might not. And if you're playing in Paris, why would you, to be fair? Um, and it also needs something different doing with the team because he obviously can't play in that system that we play because there is the, the, the danger that the striker will become really, really isolated. What's um, the Carlos system? Isn't his whole bit that no, he gets the most out of players based on their talent and not he's not well, like subscribed it, to one system? And... It, it is, but he couldn't do it, could he? 
Yeah. Well, and no, but I, but he's, he's, he's also like a year younger than Anthony Gordon, and no one talks about getting rid of Anthony Gordon. You know what I mean? Like, or a year older no, than Anthony know, Gordon. I, just, I feel like the age thing is applied. We would like to apply the age excuse to some players and not others. It's really weird that we no, I'd, I'd say, won't have his downs uh, as well. I would say the same with Anthony Gordon. Nothing I've seen from Anthony Gordon suggests that he's good enough. Now, he's got this load of precedent to prove that he is good enough. But at the minute, Anthony Gordon was not getting games because he simply wasn't good enough to play in that team. He, he didn't get anything to suggest, to suggest that he was. I would say the same for Moise Keane. But I think with Keane's position or the way he's playing at PSG, Everton would have to adapt how they play to suit him because I don't think he can adapt to suit how Everton play. That's, that's just my feeling on it. Because the only player we, we've got up front who we sort of get any change out of is Calvert Lewin. Even Richarlison struggles doing that role up front on his own. He did well against... Um, City last yeah. night, but he struggled doing it on his own. So it takes a very specific type of striker. And, you know, age is a mitigating circumstance. Of course it is. Well, Calvert Lewin's only a young fella. And I know it's taken him five seasons to get to this point, but we can't really hang around with this player. We can't. I know it's not a victory when you get the money in for a player, but if a player's stock is that high and there's no guarantee that he's going to fit yeah. the team, it's, you know, it's what you do. And then we get two or three players out of it. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. a dilemma. Let, Les is right. He's, this is, he, there's nothing wrong with what you're saying. Les. I mean, I think that that's probably the way it'll end up going. I think it's just emotionally. And Sarah, you probably feel this way too, where it's like, I, I just hate the idea that he, others can make it work. Like they can oh, yeah. find a way to get Moise Keen into a lineup with Killian Mbappe uh, and Neymar, and yet we're saying there's no way you can play with Calvert. I mean, I, maybe, I, I don't maybe you just need to sign them two lads as well. I was just going to say, yeah. no, I know. It's just, but that's my point: is like this this notion that he can only that he can play uh, because the other player around him is too big or whatever. But to, to Les's point, look, I, I think that realistically, if you ask me right now, what's going to happen? I think that this is probably an opportunity to say, look, this is just not a good fit culturally. Uh, when I say culturally, I mean, in terms of like, he may not be a fit at Everton because he's more of a fit at a more co- like a cosmopolitan like environment, like in Paris or in Turin or whatever. Um, you know, that may just be more comfortable for him. And that, that happens in life. And I understand that, but I would also say too, if, if it's PSG who want him, they're one of the richest clubs in the world. To me, uh, there's not, you're not going to give me some amount of, money where i'm gonna go oh, that's probably asking too much like you know you've got the leverage you've got him on a long-term contract mm-hmm. you know squeeze as much money out of this as you can but then to that point les you're right it, it, like it, it's got to then be followed up with not just us applauding the profit or the good business being done it's got to be followed up by taking that money and investing in difference making players mm-hmm. if carlo ancelotti is at a, on a particular timeline because of his age and how long he'll be here then i expect that money to be reinvested in in a <laughs> frankly in a right back that is that is our new luca dean on that side i want another really i need one or two more difference makers in, in midfield and an attack i mean there, there's got to be goalkeeper Goal, well, <laughs> don't even get me started on that but yes yes all those things yeah i mean don't get me wrong i i would love nothing more than Moise keen to come back and absolutely smash it for heaven because that way we do win you know that's exactly what we want out of all of it i'm just not convinced and i think there's a lot of i don't know it, it, i don't like it being used as a stick to beat heaven with because i think you were perfectly right to do what they did at the time to, to put them out on loan you know yeah. making 
Yeah. Some that will oh, oh that's ridiculous. You know, we couldn't get a game for Everton, but he can't for PSG. Well, yeah, that's the situation at the time. The club had to loan him out. And you know, that's the situation it is. I just don't like it being used as a stick to beat the football. Yeah, you want a loan to go well, right? We complain yeah. all the time about our players 100%. going on loan and doing nothing. He's gone out there and just absolutely smashed it. So I yeah. mean, I, I don't know. It couldn't have worked out better for us on some level, but there was always the risk that if he went to a place like PSG and did really well and was happy there, that he wouldn't want to come back. But well, that's why it was a clever, to... clever decision from Everton, wasn't it? I think to 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 do that if if, if we're being if we're looking at this brutally from a financial perspective, it was very smart for him to do that because he was obviously going to score loads of goals and do well, and they'd be quite keen. I think the other thing as well to consider before we move on is that it looks Mbappe's not signed a new contract there yet. He will be getting eyed up by Real Madrid this summer, and they're probably going to need another centre forward, and they're going to have loads of money to spend. So perhaps some of that can come our way, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, We'll move on anyway. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't anticipate spending that much on boys. Keith. Got a, got a Merseyside derby on Saturday. We haven't even talked about it yet. This this is why we're, that's yeah. why we're chatting so much about bloody Moise Keane here now. Yeah, was, don't, want to, yeah, was, don't want to talk about it. I think, yeah, just have a chat about the weather again instead. Um, but yeah, um, obviously, you know, don't want, to, don't want to talk about last night too much. Uh, we did a big instant match reaction podcast on. Um, on, on here on YouTube or on your podcast, you want to listen to that with Dave Downey and Mark Mosey as well. Some some disagreements on everyone's just arguing on this at the moment. Les and Rob, me and Dave, everyone's <laughs> everyone's, everyone's so narky. Um, it's, it's the Derby fever taking over. But um, Sarah, it's um, yeah weird one on Saturday because I've, I've got this sense of dread and not really feeling very confident, but. We're going into this one, having not lost away from home since November against a team that haven't won a home in the, the last three and have lost the, I think it's uh, the, the last three in the Premier League or, or last four in a row in the Premier League. Um, weird game. In theory, this should suit Everton in the way they're going to go and play and they're going to try and contain against a team that struggled to, to break down sides in a low block. But this is Everton and this is Liverpool. Oh, do you know, it, it's a, it's a, like you say, it's a derby in it. And, you know, I, I've been speaking to a couple of Reds earlier and they're not looking forward to it, which gives me a bit of, a bit of confidence. I think both teams and... They always what, say that though, don't they, Sarah? Oh, always, yeah. Pat, pat us on the head. Oh, this year, I think you might actually do oh, it. Whereas they, probably, they, all, they all laugh behind our backs, really, as they if. They'll be giving it that, like, oh, <laughs> poor girl thinks they've got a chance. <laughs> in all seriousness... It, Everything, you know, it's the cliche, it's a derby, anything can happen, but that is the truth. You know, I think you you look at this and you think in Everton, I've been a totally different side away from home to the vast majority, uh, yeah, away from home to the vast majority of the games we've seen and play at Goodison Park. It's suited to the system that we play, the way we set up. Yerry Mina missing is a massive blow for us. Um, it really is. I think that, that'll mean, obviously, that you, you're going to have to probably put Godfrey in in with um, Michael Keane, I'd say Holgate probably at right back, um, and then Luca Dean back on the left. Mm. Um, but, you know, Calvert-Lewin being back and Alan, I hope, I really hope those two are fit to start the game because Alan being in there, I was a bit, I, I was a bit confused as to why he wasn't in the squad. Um you said, said he had an extra day's training, which is which is weird, wasn't it? Instead, yeah. well, let's hope that yeah. Let's not get you actual actual match fitness. Just uh, have a little run round at Finch. But no, yeah. I, I I I think that if he's um 
if he's fit, he's got to go in there. Give that back four a bit of protection. Hopefully enable then your likes of Decore. Uh, I imagine Tom Davis will be in there as well because he's been very good. I don't know if that's why maybe he went off actually against City once they took the lead. Um, and and Calvert-Lewin being back, obviously, we, we just... Richarlison's, for me, is, is better cutting in from the left. Whether you go, you bring James back in, I don't know. But I think, yeah, the way we set up, the way we've been playing away from home, the fact it will be in their head, you know, I think this whole thing about Liverpool over the last few years, it's been in everybody's heads. Like, you can't go to Anfield and get anything. You can't play them and get anything. And all of a sudden, you're seeing teams like Southampton, West Brom, Fulham, Burnley you know, whoever have been able to go there and beat them. Uh, teams have gone to Anfield and beat them there. Klopp started to his mask slip and he's bullying journos and stuff, you know, like it's not all sunshine and roses anymore. And I think that that will, that should help us that we know, you know, they're not this invincible force. We know they're going to be up for it because they're still focusing in on the on the Pickford Van Dyke thing and they're wanting revenge and Tiago and the offside uh, and all this stuff so they're going to be up for it but I just think they're not the team that they were that said it's a derby they've got some exceptionally talented players and they still play really good football at times they've got key players missing I just think it's such a good chance and it's Carlo Ancelotti and I think with this team whenever we have had a dip so the start of the season we win four on the bounce. We're absolutely flying. Then we go off off kilter a bit. Then we come back, win another four again. Then we go off again. Then we come back with a win away at Leeds and a draw. And I just think, you know, we had the Fulham game. City, I love the fact a valiant defeat. I think that's so perfect. It's so <laughs> funny. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. Because we were, we, that's what we were all like. It's like we expected City to win, but uh, at least we give it a go. We, we didn't completely embarrass ourselves but, <laughs> but it's been but it's been it's been poor the last two games so I think we're what I'm getting at is we, we're used to seeing responses and every time you go on Everton Twitter everyone's going oh best we can hope for now is top 12 and all this I think that's when Everton go bang and come out with a with a result and I think there's every chance that that we can do that yeah, there has been a bit of that this season as they're in various games. You know, I think before Leeds, we were all down on the doubles before Wolves, similar, and and they've managed to respond. But just just sort of zeroing in on on Saturday, Les, and you know, like I said, I'm I'm not confident really. I don't think I ever, I ever am going into this fixture. But I think the one thing I would say is that which maybe makes it feel a little bit different to other derbies is that I can I can see a roadmap for Everton to win this match. And I think, I think two things need to happen. I think they need to defend exceptionally well, which is more of a collective thing, obviously. And, you know, Yeri Mina not playing is going to be a, a massive boost. He's, over the last couple of months, he's probably been our most consistent centre-back um, overall. And I think the other thing that needs to happen is that the Calvert-Lewin needs to have a, a great game up front. Um, and if he's on it, he's fit, he's dominant, he takes his chances. Um, that Quebec playing at the back for them looks like a bit of a slug. To, to be honest, um, you know, he struggled against Leicester. They probably had a better game midweek, but they're going to have a makeshift back four, a bit of a makeshift midfield. If he's on it, he can really unsettle them like he did in the game, the 2-2 game earlier in the season. So I think those two things have to happen. It's not easy for, for either of them to happen, granted, but it feels like there's, there's a bit of a roadmap there for Everton to get over the line in this game. 
Yeah, uh, Daka back is going to turn into Kevin Rackliff at the weekend. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, so, mate. Yeah. Sorry for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Van Dijk scored on his home debut, didn't he, against us? So. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember it well, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think the way we need to approach this game is we probably need to look at Leeds as the blueprint, Leeds away. When they when Liverpool came to Goodison and when Leeds came to Goodison, the two of them absolutely pulled us for a lot of the game. Uh, Goodison, we buckled against Leeds, even though we scored two offside goals. We never really looked in the game, um, and the the Goodison derby kind of toed and froed a bit. But they they were much the better team overall, really, uh, especially the first twenty minutes when they just annihilated us. Um, so I think we need to look at that Leeds game because we were going into that game feeling a little bit like, well, that's the way they played. That's kryptonite to this Everton team. But we found a way around and put in a really good performance and got the win. I think, as you say, we need to do the same at Anfield. We, we have that solid defence to build on. Um, if Alan's back, he might not be match fit. But the, the big one for me was the Corey not getting a second yellow last night because I was convinced he was going to get another yellow card. And miss. Yeah. But we should be, you know, sort of firing on all cylinders in midfield. Calvert-Lewin's a massive one, but the biggest one for me is the goalkeeper. Um, it'll be an absolute circus surrounding Jordan Pickford if he plays. Now, I would never advocate dropping a player on the basis of, of this opponent, but we did we did it at Newcastle. I know it didn't really work, but um, it wasn't the keeper's fault. We weren't looking at the keeper at the end of the game. Um, and I just think that's something we can all do without. And I think last night, again, he showed he's just not good enough. He made a couple of all right saves, but then that third ball, he gets an arm on it and you've got to be saving that. You know, there's, there's no excuse to not be pushing that round the post if you get an arm to it. So I just don't think he's good enough. And I think that would give us a, a completely unnecessary distraction. And as we saw at Newcastle a couple of seasons ago, he could lose his head. I know there's no fans there, but the players will get into oh. him. You know, you'll, you'll have Henderson in his ear. You'll have, you'll have all of them. All of them. Digging Robertson. Oh, yeah, the lot of them. They'll be having like a poster of him with candles around it tonight, doing like a big... <laughs> Like hype up thing, you know. Yeah, we have a Virgil vigil. Yeah, dust off the Rapatolas and, and get Virgil's get the, get the Virgil's face on. Rob, Rob's just looking there, like I've no idea what you're talking about. No, I do. I mean, to a degree. I, I mean, first of all, you know, with respect, rest in peace, Virgil Van Dyke. <laughs> I would say too that look. I don't really like the idea of Jordan Pickford starting in most cases in general, but so, you know, my opinion on that's pretty clear. I'd, I'd still take Robin Olsen and his flaws and his relative boringness back there. Then I don't know that, I don't know that the, the players are as hyped about the idea of the quote revenge game against Jordan Pickford as the media is. Uh, so I don't really know how big of how, how much that's just been, you know, inflated by the, the hype, but it is just another distraction. And, and frankly, because he played Pickford uh, last night, I think it's a perfect excuse to say, well, I'm, I'm still rotating keepers and I'm just going to go with Robin Olsen this weekend. And then no one talks about it. And then it's nice. Um, but look, I, if you, if you told me that Everton were playing, a you know this nameless Premier League side with the particular performance uh, place in the table set of issues in particular that that Liverpool have this season I, I'd actually feel okay about it just because I think this is the kind of team that I think Everton can do all right against and and but you can't you can't ask me uh, as as a 
I feel a bit like a battered spouse. Uh, don't ask me to trust again. Uh, I, I'm not going to, don't ask <laughs> yeah. me to pick Everton in this game. I won't uh, under any circumstances, but I do think that there's absolutely a pathway to getting a result, but there's been a pathway to getting a result. I don't know how many times against them. I mean, you know, I, I so I don't want to get into Everton curse and all and Everton that and all that. There's no point in doing that. But I would say that defensively, if you just, let's just talk about what what we've got here. I, yes, of course, I think Yerry Mina is a big loss, but I, I think that um, to me, that's our deepest position. There, there's no reason from a quality perspective that Michael Keane and Ben Godfrey as your center halves and 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 Holgate who I'm feeling much more iffy about this season in general with his performance than I certainly was in the previous season. Um, and Luca Dean can't be good as a back four. Um, I think Allen being in there is huge. I also think Calvert Lewin, Lewin being back for this game is incredibly important because what he, all the work he does off the ball, I think, I, I think there's so many levels to what he does and the work he puts in that affects every le- level of the team. And I think it's important to have him back. Um, what I, what I don't want to see is if you're going to, you've signed Hamas Rodriguez for games like this, right? I don't see any purpose. And again, we saw it last night of ever having Hamas Rodriguez and Gilfie Sigurdsson on the pitch at the same time. It does for whatever, well, for a variety of reasons, it, do, it doesn't work. And, and I, I think that you I think that 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 would just be too lightweight of a proposition. I mean, you can have one of those guys out there, but I'd rather have a Wobie, a Wobie playing with Hamas and and Richarlison and Calvert Lewin. If you've got those options along with with Allen and Decore, I think that that's a more a more sound structured uh, midfield that gives you that option or gives you that hope at least of doing what Matt just described, which is playing better collective defense. We 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 were so rock solid in December uh, because we were pretty, you know, some of that was limited by our options, but we developed a real identity around a collective effort defensively that we've really lost with all the chopping and changing. And some of that comes because of all the fixtures. I think playing a game every 72 to 96 hours is just a really tough thing to get right. Um, But we've asked this question a bunch of times. and, And I think that 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 identity that Matt talked about is really the best version of this Everton squad. We all know that Everton are going to have to add pieces in subsequent windows to develop into the more sleek playing side that we all want them to be, et cetera. But with this collection of players, to me, loading up that back line, having Allen and Decore in midfield with, you know, who, you know, name the third person you think is going to be the best option there. And then, and then, you know, finding a way to incorporate Rodriguez and, and getting Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison actually firing. And I think we're starting to see signs of life from a goal scoring perspective from Richarlison. I mean, that's, that's your best version, but being a really good counterattacking team, being a, being a, a team that, that f- keeps its shape defensively. We're not really a great pressing side, so we have to play further back. I mean, I know all these things. So I, I just think it's time to stop being cute with all the changes. Go with the best version of it that you can. Yerry Mina's loss to me is less necessary 
like it's it's big from the standpoint of what he brings from physicality perspective. But I think one thing that is not talked about enough is that Yerry Mina seems to be one of the vocal leaders on the pitch, seems to be someone who keeps people's spirits up and, and you need that kind of thing. That'll be the biggest miss for me. But to me, there's no reason that Ben Godfrey and Michael Keane can't be rock solid uh, if they're surrounded by the right structure uh, going forward uh, on Saturday. But again, it, it is this fixture. We'll, you know, we all kind of know what to expect, but this, this streak will be broken when it's broken and not before. Like there's no magic formula to this guys. Everton just have to find a way to win one of these games and, and it'll happen when we least expect it. Like, you know, off, off of the back of two. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this, but with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Really bad loss. <laughs> It'll be some <laughs> some crazy scenario like this. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, just just very quickly, just one point you've all mentioned there. All assume it's going to be Godfrey center back and not Holgate and Keane with Coleman playing right back. And Coleman is in danger of playing at Anfield here, isn't he? Something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he never plays it. Or something. Um, yeah, I think I think I would. Um, yeah, I think I would. Yeah. I, I think I think the most important thing we don't want to be looking at both our fullbacks to be an attacking threat. So Luca Dean's got to be that. Um, keep the right back spot solid. I think I think the, the key thing is to keep the back four as solid as possible. Really. Good about what Rob said then about the uh, the pace could be ended on the back of two bad defeats. That's basically how we approached every single derby in the nineties. Absolutely terrible, <laughs> and then we play them and beat them. It's completely yeah, so weird. very strange. It's so yeah. weird, Matt. I was going to ask you, like, if the center half. I, I mean, like last night, of course, Holgate moved into the center half position, right? And you had you had Godfrey out there trying to mark Mares a little bit. I mean, I could see the argument for saying that because of the width that that Liverpool can employ, that maybe you want to take advantage of Godfrey being out at one of the fullback positions. I mean, I, I don't really know, but I, I'm, I think in fairness, I don't, Robert, I don't know what the best option is there. I think they're not great options either way. I, I think in fairness, Dinius always does quite well against Salah. Like, you know, obviously he's not like, yeah, sorry, sorry about that, everyone. Um, but I think in the main, there's not been like many games where he's been like, I know Salah scored a couple of goals against us, but I think in the main, he's done pretty well up against them. So I'd, I'd be quite happy with Dinius playing left back, but. I could also see him playing Godfrey left back, Holgate Keane and Coleman um, right back, and Dean you push forward on the on the left mid. But mm-hmm. but I, it's it's I think that the front six is really interesting because I, I do want to see Tom Davis, Alan, and Decore all on the pitch. Yeah, which is you know I think is, is a good midfield three. But I think if you're yeah. playing them three, where do you fit Hamez in? Because I don't really want to play him wide right because we saw in the first game that Robertson and Mane on that side. You you need somebody's going to get back. And I don't really want to play a diamond either because their fullbacks just will just destroy you if they if they're given space outside. So I think we need you to put Hamas out right. You can't have Coleman at right back no. to me. I yeah. just think that you're so, asking for it at that point. So I think that that's going to be really interesting to see where I think that'll tell us a lot about his mindset going into it. Because I think that midfield three of Davis, Decore, and Alan could could work. And in a game like this, where you're going to have to be, you know, robust off the ball. Uh, it could be important. But as we all know, we'll find a place for Sigurdsson, won't he? He'll be playing yeah. somewhere. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I, think, I think just quickly, the one thing for me is it does feel like it's in our hands, this. It does feel like if we turn up, we can beat these. 
and it's not always felt like that. Certainly not over the last couple of years. Not having the crowds, it, you know, is massive, yeah. isn't it? That's that's a huge thing because we have, you know, I think as Carl said on on Subs Weekly early in the week, Les, you know, we have just shit our kecks, haven't we? At times with the fans yeah. and the atmosphere. There. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, are we going to do it? Anyone fancy us? My yeah. computer's going a bit mad, but I asked <laughs> Sarah's bailing out like, no, nope, uh, you're, you're, you're breaking up. I can't answer that question. Yeah, the talk, the, the positive Derby chat has just rendered Sarah's PC irrelevant here. It's, yeah. it's, 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 done, it's done me right over here, lads, I'm telling you. But right. do you know what, though? Oh, I'm back. Um, you've, got to back you've got to back your team in a Derby for some reason, even though we haven't won there for 20-something years. But I do think... And like I said, it's this thing of we do well, we drop off a bit, everyone's a bit fed up and annoyed, and then we do something. And I just think if we were to go there and get the win, everyone's just happy again, aren't they? It keeps us in amongst it. We'd be level on points with them with a game in hand and all the rest of it. And, you know, we can we can start to look forward to, to hopefully a strong end to the season. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm probably going to regret it, but I always go. I'm going to go Everton 2-1. Yeah, but but you regret it every time, right, Sarah? So <laughs> Listen, it's like a free hit, isn't it? I'm expecting to be finishing the day in pain, even if I'm optimistic. Um, so anything other than pain will be will be nice. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good, good tagline for Evertonianism, that isn't it? Uh, Les, Les, what do you reckon, mate? You said you fancy does as well. Scruffy one nil. Oh, do you know what? I'd, I'd love just an absolute dog of a game to beat them 1-0 with a first minute or a last minute goal. Last Jordan, minute. Jordan Pickford goal really kick. Them. Jordan Pickford goal kick and picked up by the wind and <laughs> bouncing over Allison. Is, it, nice is Origi available for them? Oh, yeah, probably is, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's just... But one game a season. Rob, yeah. what about you, matey? You I, feel think, it? I think the most optimistic I can be is coming up with like we've 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 started to draw against them a little more here and there. I mean, I can I can see a two-two. Like I think that they can be had defensively, and I think we've gotten a and 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 for all the problems we talk about with our defense, which they're clearly there. I mean, they would trade their center half center half issues for for what we have right now. I mean, in a in a heartbeat. Like I think we can score on them, but I also just think that there is there's a weird susceptibility to us against them that sometimes is they will score at least one really high quality goal. And they'll also score like some, some weird, stupid bounce type. And, yeah. and to me, that's why don't play. That's why I don't want Pickford in there. Cause I feel like Pickford has just got that, that, that in him against them. And, and I would just rather, even if we give up two goals with Robin Olsen, I'll still have felt like we would have given up three with Pickford. So I think my best case scenario is probably a two, two uh, draw, but I, I just can't, I just can't bring myself to pick us to win. But I will tell you that if we do win, I'm not even sure how I'll process it at this point because talking about beating them almost feels like talking about a, a dragon or something like that. <laughs> like, I know what a dragon looks like in theory, but it's not a real thing. So there's no point in actually, you know, trying to go out and photograph one. You know what I mean? Like it just did. So I, I I think that when it happens, then I don't even know how, I don't even know what our week of shows will be like after that because I don't even know what it's like to beat them anymore. Um, so I want I want to see yeah. a video of you deliriously diving into the snow outside if, oh, if we i tell you what i've got about a foot a foot foot and a half of snow out there right now that's not going to melt for a couple of weeks 
my commitment, and you can tell all your friends, Everton Twitter, my commitment is that I will get down into my underwear and dive into the snow. <laughs> Not going full naked, but I will go underwear, shirt, pants off. I will do all that. Dive into the snow and make snow angels if we win this game on yeah. Saturday. That's my I, promise. I, I love that. A, a group of listener Nevertarians have just reassessed whether they want Everton to win the game or not. Based on, <laughs> based on that, I, I wish I was a more attractive man too. But I, this, is, this is all I can offer is my body. Uh, so there you go. It's fine. It's fine. I'd love to see that. Uh, yeah, good to see everyone feeling relatively upbeat. Anyway, the most positive I ever feel before a derby is after we've done the show with Sarah. And she's just like, yes, come on, let's have them. And I'll go away thinking, yeah, we're going to do it this year. And then, yeah, yeah never, never, never actually comes up. But uh, yeah, love the positivity. It's got to one time. One got time it's got to be, mate. Come on. Come been on. saying that for over 10 years now. But... <laughs> if we win this game and I have to explain to my wife that she has got to record me doing this. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. It'll be a tough sell. It'll be a tough sell. But uh, yeah, we'll have loads coming up about the Merseyside derby. So stick with us here on the Blue Room. And uh, if you want more from us, the Blue Room Extra is there to get involved with. Uh, always looking back and looking forward to all our matches. Multiple shows every weekday. It works out about a quid a week with no set contract there. But that's it for us today on the weekly show. Cheers to Rob, Sarah, and Les. I never thought I'd say this, but here's hoping. We get to see Robin as undies on Saturday night. <laughs> uh, take care. We'll speak to you soon. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool too. With an ice cold cold brew, and not just any cold brew, but one that's slow steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary, limited time offer, terms apply. Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.